Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, high strangeness from the Penny Royal Plateau in Western Kentucky. This experimental mental health facility was opened in Somerset 1973. It was supposed to be a flagship for a shift in how mental health was treated in, in the U.S. Again, Dateline came to Somerset in 1973 and filmed this facility, which used cottages and and all this new form of therapy. Well, they never were able to air the footage because within six weeks of this place opening, a letter was sent to the governor of the state of Kentucky, to the state police, to the mayor here in town, to the sheriff here in town, alleging that there was a witch cult that was practicing magic, seances and summonings in the tunnels beneath Oakwood and that they were burning symbols into the backs of the residents. If you enjoy Conspiracy Unlimited, why not become a Conspiracy Unlimited Plus member? For just $1.99 per month, you'll gain access to two bonus, exclusive commercial-free episodes per month, plus access to my back catalog of episodes. To subscribe, just go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Gain access to premium episodes. Again, go to conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com and click on Get Access to Premium Episodes or click on the link in the episode notes. Conspiracy Unlimited Plus for less than $2 per month. Why not sign up today? Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Wednesday. Nathan Isaac is here from the Penny Royal Podcast, a documentary-style podcast which investigates numerous weird happenings going on above and below Western Kentucky. But before we get to Nathan, I hope you've had a chance to check out my new daily radio program, The Richard Serrett Show, on Saga 960 AM. News, analysis, interviews, and opinion from the right Monday to Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern. You can stream it live at saga960am.ca. Saga960am.ca. And Saga is spelled S-A-U-G-A. S-A-U-G-A. Saga960am.ca. It's also available as a podcast. The Richard Serrett Show, weekdays, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Saga960am. And I'll be hosting Coast to Coast AM on May 21st and 22nd. That's a Friday, Saturday. You can go to coasttocoastam.com for more information. And don't forget, finally, about my weekly syndicated radio program, The Conspiracy Show, Sunday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern on Zoomer Radio AM 740 in Toronto. You can stream it live at zoomerradio.ca and on YouTube. The channel is called Strange Planet. All right, let's get to Nathan Isaac, writer, creator, producer, and host of the Penny Royal Podcast. 
Hey, Nathan, how are you? I'm fantastic, Richard. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me on the show. My pleasure. What is the status of the Penny Royal podcast? Originally, it was billed as an eight-part podcast. What's, what's happening with it now? Well, um, yeah, so the first season had uh, eight episodes, and um, we will be having a um, – I'll, I'll be releasing a, a second season. Um, all the episodes will be coming out at one time um, in September of this year, and it's uh, ten more episodes. And there was just so much to package into the first season – uh, when we when we began researching uh, the Penny Royal area um, in Somerset, Kentucky, and Pulaski County, that um, yeah, I just uh, I had to roll into another season, and, and we've never really stopped production on it. And you know, there's even more um, people that I've interviewed for um, uh, the second season. So yeah, it's it's uh, a pretty vast sort of uh, <laughs> uh, weird mystery that we've uncovered here in, in uh, uh, the Penny Royal area. So. It's a it's a documentary style podcast, so it's you know boots on the ground investigations that sort of thing. Yeah, we um, we've interviewed a lot of people. Um, you know, it, it all it all really started with me investigating some murders that occurred here in town um, uh, in 1994, and I'd heard all kinds of these crazy rumors from um, just from local people. I'm not originally from Somerset. My wife is from here, and so. Um, we ended up um, moving down here, and um, I started digging into, you know, I love to collect stories, and I started to collect, um, you know, folklore, and I kept running into these stories of these these weird murders, and that was the entry point, sort of, uh, once I, you know, once I started to, to investigate that, um, it crossed the line of just collecting folklore, and then we really ended up becoming part of the story. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, interviews with people, uh, our investigation and our sort of, uh, journey in uncovering a lot of things that we really didn't expect to uncover about, um, about Somerset in particular. Do you want to give a shout out to your co-hosts? Oh yeah. So uh, I have, uh, uh, Darian West and, um, he and I do a lot of, uh, uh app development and, um, uh, uh, software design together and so he's he's one of the co-producers and then uh, Kyle Cadell is also a co-producer and he runs the uh, International uh, Paranormal Museum here in Somerset and that's that's another one of those weird things it's like uh, how many towns have a uh, International Paranormal Museum you know <laughs> right exactly well uh, Appalachia is uh just chock full of this kind of things. So let's talk about uh, Penny Royal is the name of the Penny Royal Plateau in western Kentucky. Just give me a an overview of its geological, uh, ge geographical uh, attributes. Yeah, so, uh, so the Penny Royal sort of stretches from uh, the Appalachian Mountains in eastern Kentucky uh, all the way through uh, western Kentucky to Hopkinsville which I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with because of the uh, Hopkinsville Goblins, um, and then north to uh, Lexington to uh, the Bluegrass Territory, um, where you know horses and bourbon uh, lies. So, but in in that sort of triangle there, um, it, it, it encapsulates a lot of uh, uh, diverse sort of geography, mainly karst geography, which is um, pockmarked with caves. Um, and, and in particular, people will know that um, the western part of the Penny Royal uh, is famous for Mammoth Cave, you know, which is the largest cave system in the world. 
Um, and even where I am here in Somerset, we have the 13th uh, largest cave system in North America. So um, it's a, it's, there's a lot of, uh, of, of sort of uh, weird subterranean elements to, um, to this part of Kentucky. Um, and uh, also the other thing that I think is, is, is worth noting here is that uh, Pulaski County, where, where Somerset's located, is the center of the Kentucky, what NASA refers to as the Kentucky anomaly. Right, and, right. And that, that's the largest spike of uh, geomagnetic field strength uh, from the core of the Earth in the Western Hemisphere. Um, there's, there's another one in Sedona and then one in southern Alaska, but... Um, but the most powerful one is here in, in it centers on Pul- you know Pulaski County in Somerset, um, and it's so strong. Uh, when you look at the NASA documents, um, they have uh, an, one particular map that shows that the gravitational intensity right in the center of the anomaly is slightly different than the rest of the surface gravity in North America. So, so. it's it's stronger. The surface gravity is stronger in Pulaski County than anywhere else in North America. Yeah, I mean, according to these NASA maps, you can look at the the sort of zone that they designate. And it's right in the center, at the heart of it, which is which is where I'm sitting. At, you know, that's so. fascinating. No, you know, they say television puts on ten pounds. Does that mean if I'm in Pulaski County, I weigh more? I don't know. That's one thing I've never been able to track down, at least yet. Um, I, I definitely would like to talk to um, a geophysicist more about this. I haven't had the opportunity to that to do that yet, but. Um, uh, but people, you know, I, I've interviewed a lot of people who say that they feel um, heavier here, but I, I always took that to mean in more of a psychological sense. Um, there's a lot of, um, uh, you know, there's po- Kentucky definitely has a lot of uh, wealth disparity and, and poverty and, um, and a lot, you know, there's a lot of drugs in the, in the area. So I always took it sort of mean that, but, um, and, and people would say when they left the area, that they felt like a, a weight had been lifted off their shoulders. Um, interesting, and so, interesting. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I wonder. I mean, that, that's really one of the things that that directed the research was that, like I said, I, I, I focused on these murders that were really, really strange murders. Um, Dateline, NBC has been down here. They, they came down in 2019 for the 25th anniversary of these unsolved murders um, because they were sort of high profile, just really really ghastly and um and they had occurred on the fourth of july right which was uh um you know kind of a uh significant in a way but um those murders and then as i as i researched more the sheriff that was even over those murders he was assassinated a fish fry <laughs> here, wow. like a few years later with this sort of in the and that harkened this sort of a almost uh you know james shelby downard killing of the king uh kind of thing because um he was a very king-like figure in 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 this county he flew a helicopter around instead of driving a patrol car right and um his name was sammy catrick jr uh but uh he he was the the person that was sort of over these the, the investigation of these uh two murders that happened in 94 and the deeper i got into looking at the murders the more I realized that uh, Pulaski County has a long history of violence. Did these and, and murders so, involve a cult? Well, so those were the rumors. The rumors were um, that that uh, people of prominence uh, here in town um, at, at that time 
were involved, uh, that there was some type of secret society. You know, these these were the rumors that I was hearing from lots of different people, and that was sort of the, like I said, it was the folklore. I later found out that the story that I was originally told uh, was sort of a mixture of, of three different murders. Um, but, um, and, and, I, and I don't think that there is a, a, a cult here of sorts, but, but in looking to see if there was something like that, um, we did find that there were numerous groups that were coming to Pulaski County. And, and, and I don't know if it's because of the Kentucky anomaly. I don't know if they saw that this place, you know, was, was special, uh, you know, for that reason, but a number of groups, um, magical orders and ceremonial magicians were coming to, um, Somerset. And there was even a weird crossover with, um, the founders, um, cult that, that was sort of, uh, high, yes. you know, yeah. high prominence because of the FBI documents that were released. They actually were stopping on their way to Florida about 10 miles outside of Somerset. This is a, the, um, the, the allegation here is that they were, this was a pedophile ring. Yeah, and somehow they were connected to. I, I'd never heard of them before until I was actually interviewing um, someone for the show um, about Somerset, and they brought up the founders, and I was like, "What's that?" And they told me that you know that the CIA had shut down the FBI investigation. I thought, "There's no way." And and while I'm talking to them on the phone, I, I pull it up and, and and look on my computer, and 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 there it was. You know, they just released those documents, and and it does appear that the you know the CIA. Um, shut that down so you know that that was another weird thing that that sort of uh you know perked up my ears when looking at this just to say is something more going on here um we interviewed a woman named uh, pamela um that's in the third episode um and she was really the one that reported um these stories of what she said was an international cult that was coming um to somerset and uh Bring, bringing people from all over. And this was in the 1960s and 1970s. Um, but the thing about that, which I, I want to say, is that, you know, I, I do think that she was suffering from, you know, um, satanic ritual abuse or, or she had suffered from some type of abuse, right? Um, whether or not there was a cult or, or she was involved, involved in one, I'm not sure. But um, but definitely she, she suffered trauma that manifested in this into these stories. But when we asked her about... Um, the location that uh, this ritual activity happened, she said it was the Mount Victory Coal Company, right? The Mount Victory Mine. And, you know, we're, we're sort of west of the Appalachian Mountains, so there aren't really really that many coal mines here. And I thought, she's got to be wrong. There can't be a, a mine here. And so um, we started to look for it, the Mount Victory Mine. And I asked a lot of people, and they said, oh, I've never heard of that before. And so whenever we um, started digging into the research, first thing we found was the Mount Victory Mines. This is in the New York Times, and there are tons of articles about this. Oh, this is the one that's owned by Mr. X? Yes, by Mr. X, right? Um, so we, put, we start searching for the Mount Victory Coal Company, and the New York Times has an article about a gentleman named uh, Alexander Guterma. And they and all the newspapers in America, and this is in the 1950s and 1960s and 70s, um, they referred to him as Mr. X because he came from the Philippines in 1951, um, said that he was a, a Russian refugee from uh, you know, the Russian Revolution and had made his way through China into 
the Philippines. And um, he ends up in the U.S. in 1951. And within six months, he's one of the richest men in America. And um, by 1959, he had perpetrated the largest stock fraud in U.S. history. Um, his attorney actually was uh, Cohen, which is funny, I think. Um, it's one, it was his first high-profile case. Ah. And um, so Guterma was also caught um, helping um, dictator uh, uh, Trujillo, um, I forget his first name, um, in the Dominican Republic uh, to overthrow the Dominican Republic. He got caught doing that as well. Um, he's named in the gemstone file um, as a potential co-conspirator in the JFK assassination. Wow. And, yeah. And uh, a lot of researchers online believe that he was actually a German intelligence agent um, that was brought over to the United States through the Galen organization. You know, everybody's familiar with uh, Project Paperclip. Right. But a lot of people aren't familiar with the project to bring uh, German spies over. And right. so Reinhard Galen supposedly took over. Well, he ran the OSS, the forerunner of the CIA. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Reinhard Galen. Right. And so uh, it is weird because he was arrested. Uh, Guterma was arrested in Hawaii working at a radio repair shop uh, prior to the bombing of Pearl Harbor. He was he was captured by the OSS and they detained him for two weeks um, and then released him. And, you know, if you look into the history of World War II in the Pacific, the Abwehr German agents often worked at radio repair shops, right? Hmm. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's weird. So, so anyway, we, we see that in 1975, he purchased the Mount Victory Coal Company here in Somerset, Kentucky, and moved his entire financial empire here, right? And the person he bought the mine from was a, a lawyer, an attorney here in Kentucky, here in Somerset, um, named Lester Burns Jr., who's infamous. They wrote a book about him that's called uh, Dark and Bloody Ground because he was involved in uh, these murders uh, that happened here in Kentucky, right? My word. So, so he owned the mine, and, and this was the craziest thing. His business partner that owned the mine with him, and this is all in the New York Times. Anyone can look this up. This was the kind of thing that as we dove deeper into the Penny Royal mystery, we kept finding things like this. But his business partner was Vice President Spiro Agnew. Oh, oh, oh no. Okay? And Agnew got, was almost, um, he, he ended up in a legal battle because he had used funds from the Nixon re-election campaign uh, from it was like Kuwait and Japan, they had taken money that they were while they were traveling overseas, and he had used that to purchase the mine originally, and then they sold it to Alexander Guterma, you know, right? And so Guterma moves here, lives here in Somerset for two years, and then in 1977 he's flying from Boca Raton, uh, Florida, where he had a you know a winter house to Brooklyn, uh, or I'm sorry, to uh, Madison Square Gardens in New York City for the, to take his family to the circus. He diverts the plane to Somerset for some reason to do some business, and when they fly out of Somerset, he crashes in Brooklyn, killing him, his entire family, and only one uh, child survived, and then that child died in a plane crash eight years later. Oh, my right? word. So, so it's this weird thing, and, and and there's a belief that he was assassinated by the U.S. government. Um, he was connected to Mo Dalitz. He owned 
He was one of the owners of the Desert Inn in Las Vegas, where <laughs> uh, Frank Sinatra sang for the first time. You know, right. they had uh, you know atomic cocktails, you know, in the penthouse while they watched the nuclear bombs being set off and tested. Right at this place, he owned that. He owned Resorts International, which t- uh, he sold that casino to, of all people, uh, Donald Trump. That was Donald Trump's first casino, and it was sold to him by guitar. Oh, it all comes full circle. Amazing. It's it's crazy, and it was one of those things where I was like, is this possible? I mean, how could this guy have existed here in Somerset, but also this woman who's telling me that there's this international cult centered on this mine? It's owned by a man named Mr. X. More of my conversation with Nathan Isaac when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. Did you know that bee pollen contains almost all of the nutrients required by the human body to thrive? Get your two-month supply of bee pollen from GetTheTea.com. Bee pollen is a super nutritious way to boost your energy levels. It's referred to as nature's most complete health food. It's a natural immune booster. Bee pollen may help boost brain function. It may aid occasional seasonal allergies. Bee pollen, Mother Nature's immune support from GetTheTea.com. A 60-day supply costs just $31. Bee pollen should be avoided by anyone with an allergy to honey or bees. The benefits of this product go way beyond what I've told you here. Do your research. Order your bee pollen from GetTheTea.com and use the code word UNLIMITED and all your orders ship for free. Get your bee pollen from GetTheTea.com. Richard has tiny talking insects living in his sock drawer. We are bags and we are living in Richard's sock drawer. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Nathan Isaac, the creator and host of the Penny Royal podcast is here. Talk to me about the Oakwood Mental Health Facility. Yeah, so, um, you know, another thing that, you know, that's the thing with the Penny Royal mystery. It was like, the deeper we dove, again, it was just these things started to stack together. Um, this uh, experimental <laughs> mental health facility uh, was opened in Somerset 1973. It was supposed to be the uh, flagship for um, a shift in how uh, mental health was tr- uh, treated in, in the U.S. At the time, um, Vietnam was raging and and uh, a lot of people were coming back from the war and were not receiving proper treatment. And so they opened this facility. Again, Dateline came to Somerset in 1973 and filmed this facility, which used cottages and, and all this, this new form of therapy. Well, they never were able to air the footage because within six weeks of this place opening, a letter was sent to the governor of the state of Kentucky um, to the state police, to the mayor here in town, to the sheriff here in town, alleging, and this was, this was an anonymous letter, alleging that there was a witch cult in that was practicing magic, seances and summonings in the tunnels beneath Oakwood and that they were burning symbols into the backs of the residents. Oh, dear right? Lord. And so I was like, and th- these are newspaper articles too. No one's seen the original letter because that's under lock and key. But the newspaper articles have a paragraph by paragraph address from the Kentucky State Health Commissioner 
when he had this, um, you know, uh, public sort of, you know, vilification of, of, of the people that worked there. They fired everybody. Um, and, and, and honestly, you know, when, when I was interviewing the, um, the town historian, he's a, a radio DJ here named Rod Zimmerman, but um, he collects most of the history here in town. Um, so I was interviewing him for something else, and he was the one that brought up Oakwood. I, I hadn't even heard any of the, these stories. And his father, or I'm sorry, his stepfather was the person who was hired to come in and run Oakwood after they fired the previous people that were running it, right? And there's some weird connections. The guy that, that was running Oakwood that, that started this program was um, reprimanded by the state of Kentucky for unprofessionalness, and he was always wearing a sari and had these, uh, you know, beads and, and uh, you know, very hippie sort of looking guy in 1973. And I've always wondered if some of them weren't connected to the Esalen Institute. Um, just because I, I, we haven't been, like, we've been trying to track those things down. But, you know, the, the other thing about this is that an hour north of here is the Lexington Drug Farm which was an official, you know, when, when MKUltra, when the scandal broke about MKUltra, one of the only places that they disclosed was an actual facility used for MKUltra was the Lexington Drug Farm. That's where they administered the most LSD uh, trials. And that was just an hour, hour north. My God, so did, did the Penny Royal in any way perhaps provide the inspiration for David Lynch's Twin Peaks, do you think? I, I don't think I don't think he could have known about it. I mean, so much of this is only stuff that we started to to pull together from from these articles, you know. And 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 that's a weird thing too. Like when you're here and asking people about these things, you know, everybody here thinks this place is just you know uh, hot dogs and and baseball and you know. There's this weird veneer of 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 of, of a beautiful sort of 1950s America. But then, and underneath it, there is this steediness, you know, and all this these weird scandals, these weird things. But you know, you ask people about Oakwood, they don't remember these things. But then, you know, there's all these articles, not in the local newspaper archives, though. Those were all scrubbed when I went through the the actual archive here. I My found these, I found these articles from other newspapers outside of Pulaski County. Um, that that covered all of this, and it, I mean it's it's I mean it's crazy, you know. It's it's one of those things where it's like, at the same time that Guterma was here, you know, he's here arrives in seventy five. You know, all these weird things were happening here in the nineteen seventies for some reason, um, and it's it's just the the Oakwood thing was very strange. Um, there's a, a a gentleman named uh, Dan Dutton who's a really famous artist. Oh, I wanted to ask you, this is the opera, right? The Fawn? Yeah, so he, he created the, the opera The Fawn. And, and that was another strange aspect of all of this that, you know, Dan and I were, he had told me the story where while he was working on The Fawn, um, the state of Kentucky had hired him to do a, a sort of a travelogue um, for tourism, and he chose to go to Elkhorn City. Well, he goes to Elkhorn City and has this weird encounter with what he believes is the archetype of pan, right? It's this this crazy sort of psychological fugue state thing. He tells me the story, and I'm like, Dan, we've got to make this into a to a you know a, a film, you know, a document this. 
And so we were working on that, and we were we were taking the film to Elkhorn City to stage his opera in Breaks Interstate Park, and um, COVID hit obviously, and we didn't get to go go there. But in the meantime, um, incidentally, the television show Hellier had come to which uh, Greg Newkirk and Dana Newkirk had had filmed. And um, the second season, um, I, I didn't realize at the time they were filming, but they came through Somerset and they knew Kyle, uh, who runs the Paranormal Museum, um, because he had been at some conventions with them. And so they'd asked him, is there anybody we should talk to about stories here in town? And he said, well, definitely Nathan's been researching the folklore here. So we talked and um, I ended up in the second season in the eighth episode of Hellier. But when that aired, I I see that the episode I'm in is called The Secret Commonwealth, which is the name of Dan Dutton's original four-part opera, which was filmed by KET, you know, and and shown. And um, then the final episode is, it's called The Night of Pan, and they came to Somerset and went into the cave system here and attempted to summon Pan. Now, the strange thing is that, that we were going to Elkhorn City to restage Dan's opera to sort of, you know, artistically invoke the archetype of Pan. And Hellier is in Elkhorn City. And they came from Hellier to Somerset to invoke Pan, which is a super weird mm. <laughs> intersection of things. You know? and, and that's outside of all the stuff I found on Guterma. That's outside of the Oakwood stuff. You know, I think at the time I was, I, that Greg was here in town and we talked, I hadn't even found the Guterma stuff yet. And the Oakwood stuff hadn't even uh, been uncovered. Right, um, right. And so, so there's all this stuff, weird stuff happening uh, on the surface. Um, but what lies beneath is, uh, you know, another story. Or are they connected, do you think? Uh, have you First of all, have you been down? Do you Are you a spelunker? Do you go down into the caves? Uh, not deep into the caves. I have been to the caves. Um, and there are some, some pretty... Um, pretty large ones there there, there's one area here that the sloan's valley cave system that's famous in spelunking circles uh people uh travel from all over the world they actually have a thanksgiving event every year where all these spelunkers come from europe um you know canada uh, all over the u.s uh to to go into the cave system um but there have always been these stories of of ritual sacrifice in the caves you know i've interviewed a lot of people that have found uh offerings in caves uh, one crazy story was a, a dog had been wrapped in barbed wire and, and burned in a ritual um, that they'd found. And it was almost a mile back. The, the Sloan's Valley Cave System extends, I think, I think they've mapped out 14 miles wow. of it. And so um, in one of these caves, they'd found that. Um, but also underneath Somerset itself were all of these stories that I found in the newspaper about tunnels. That people, that there were mystery, they, literally the article says mystery tunnels discovered beneath Somerset. And um, there, there were these weird stone tunnels that looked like they're laid by, you know, masons of some sort um, that extend underneath the town. There were also tunnels um, separately that we found records of that were used in the Civil War or during the Civil War. Um, uh, to uh, help slaves escape. And, um, and then there was another set of tunnels that we found um, that were connected to the Freemason Lodge here in town. 
Um, and and this this town is is not to sound totally conspiratorial, you know, <laughs> in terms of <laughs> you come to you the know, right place. You can't be too <laughs> right. conspiratorial. <laughs> but but uh, you know the, the you know I don't put a whole lot of stock so much in the the Masonic conspiracies, you know, in, in the sense that definitely you know this is Kentucky. There's the old boys club. You know, if you if if you're friends with somebody, you help them out on a right, business. Right, right. So as I, I always I, say, as I always say, you know, those poor Shriners—they're getting so old now they can barely organize a parade, let alone you know rule over the world. Right, right, yeah, exactly. So, but this is um, this is one of the oldest uh, lodges in America. It's Lodge One Eleven. Um, one Eleven is a really special number um, I've found in in Freemasonry. Um, it's Aleph, Aleph, Aleph. You know, it's, uh, this it, it means uh, guardian of the gate um, and stands for the ox. There's all this weird symbolism. But the town, the bank here in town, uh, the first bank was founded by those Freemasons. They lent money to everybody. The town itself is laid out off of the actual keystone in the lodge. Um, and so um, there's just there's just lots and lots of stories. Oh, and this had the fourth Masonic college in America was located here. Hmm. And, the, and the Guardian and, of the Gate. I mean... Guardian of the Gate. And you'll see 111 has popped up over and over again in this mystery. Um, even Sammy Catron, the sheriff that I mentioned earlier who was assassinated at the Fish Fry, his uh, patrol number was 111. Oh, and and he was a member of the Masonic Lodge, right? Um, so, you know, it's just like little details like that. Oh, and and strangely enough, uh, once the show had come out, I've, I've had all kinds of people come down and visit. Uh, lots of people have reached out to me once the show came out. But uh, one of the wildest things was that a guy came down from Chicago and uh, I was my studio where we recorded it is located above uh, Jarflap Brewing Company, which is which is weird, too, because the cult of pan devotees to pan. They all wore a cicada pendant, a jar fly pendant, right? Ah. And and so, but that, but again, none of the pan stuff came up came out until after I've been working on this thing for three years, you know. And so, uh, so anyway, this this guy comes down, and I'm walking across the street to to come to the studio to to work on the podcast, and he says, "Are you Nathan?" And I and I'm like, "Oh man, no." I said, "Yeah, I am." And so he he's like, "I've got some questions to ask you." So we went outside and we were talking. And he was asking me lots of questions. He was asking me where the uh, underground UFO base was, which I was like, you know, there's there's no underground UFO base, not that I know of, you know. And um, he was telling me about that he was a big Reddit user. And I said, well, what's your username? And I'll try to connect with you on there. And he said, oh, I'm Mister One Eleven. And I said, I said, wait a second, do you know about the lodge here in town? And he said, no. What are you, you know? And so I explained that story to him. And he pulls out a pendant that he has that says 111 on it and he's been Mr. 111 for a decade on Reddit. And oh I'm my like, god. Did, How did he respond when he found out the connections? Oh, he and then he thought that he had been drawn here. For sure. You know that it was a Just like a Mr. Myth. X perhaps. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, it's like what what is it that's drawing people especially prominent people, you know, like, you know, Guterma or, you know, Spiro Agnew, you know, why is the, is it the Kentucky anomaly? You know, what is the thing that's causing all of these weird forces to sort of aggregate here? Right. Well, then you have all of the, uh, I, 
I, I, I hesitate to call it the garden variety paranormal stuff, but I mean, compared to what you've just described, when you were talking about UFOs or, I don't know, dogmen or little people or uh, hauntings and so forth, I mean, that that almost, you know, pales in comparison to some of this other stuff. But do you also delve into, uh, you know, cryptids? And, and, uh, and is that also connected, do you think, to the uh, Kentucky anomaly? anomaly? I think so. some of that, too, I think, is connected to the Adena and the Hopewell Mounds. Um, you know, there are a lot of there are a lot of beliefs from uh, a lot of researchers believe that, uh, you know, ancient earthworks and some of these mounds are um, sort of portal areas for this stuff, uh, especially like, you know, in England, um, the the alien big cat phenomena, you yes. know, people see these, these black panthers and things. Um, and that's an island, right? You know, there's no way that there would be any panthers there. Um, here in this area, you know, there are no panthers north of, no black, you know, melanistic panthers north of um, Mexico. And so that was the, the number one thing when I interviewed people was that these black cats, there were hundreds of sightings, right? And then these stories of dogmen around um, these mounds um, and just lots of, of, of weird sightings. And, and, it, and you wonder, is it, is it a coupling of that with the Kentucky anomaly? You know, there are tons of UFO sightings here. Um, and, the, and the most prominent one, I mentioned it in the show, is that people witnessed, and this is on the MUFON's website, uh, people witnessed an undulating, uh, flying, stingray-like UFO. Uh, in the air, and and I've only heard that a few other times, and most of those have centered on the West Coast, you know. Um, right. But yeah, it's, just, it's 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 a weird, you know. Is it? And this is one of the things that I kind of focused on with the research: is the Kentucky anomaly causing people to see some of these things, and right. is it causing people to be more violent? In other know, words, the a- electromagnetic activity is somehow yes. affecting their brain. Right, right. And, and, you know, there's a lot of research that would indicate that to be the case. Um, but, you know, that's the thing. You know, when I went, went into this, I, I thought I was just going to cover a lot of stories about people's sightings, uh, you know, with cryptids. There are tons of Sasquatch sightings here, too. I mean, there, there's just there are a lot of well, I guess it's ridiculous to say garden variety, but it, it you know what I mean? The, the sort of right, the normal right. stuff that people talk about. The normal weird um, stuff. <laughs> the normal weird stuff. But then on top of all of that, this extremely like weird high strangeness that seems to be connected in, in a way that boggles the mind. And, and that's what makes me think that there's definitely something happening here. You know, even if these things are not connected, they still form a weird structure of some sort. And, th- and that's what we've been trying to understand by researching the Penny Royal Mystery. It sounds like there's so much going on there that, uh, it, it, you know, you did eight episodes, season one. I don't know how many you have planned for for season two, but this could be like just trying to keep up with all of this stuff and connect all the dots. It could be a full-time job. You could you could be working around the clock. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. I, I think we, if you know, I, I was still working, you know, I work a day job. I work you know, 50 hours a week and, and then do this on top of it. But um, if I had more time, there's so many documents. I, I did a FOIA request for um, Guterma uh, with the FBI. And last month, I think it was last month that, that I received the documents um, or in the last couple months. 
uh, but I received sixteen hundred and sixty-two pages wow. of documents from the FBI. Yeah, yeah, and we haven't even been able to get through all that. Uh, Darian, who was the co-producer, he helps me with this. Like I said, we we do a lot of uh, data mining and, and app development, so we've we've developed some software that we use to sort of digest all of these documents, all the newspaper articles, and try to find correlations. Um, between people and names, because a lot of this stuff, it's too much information to even wrap your mind around all the connections between everybody. It's, you know, because also there's the bluegrass conspiracy, which I don't know if if a lot of people are familiar with, um, where there was a, the CIA was connected to uh, a bunch of drug running and um, with the cartels in the 1970s and 1980s, they were training Sandinistas about 30 miles north of here. (laughs) Of course. Uh, yeah, it's a crazy uh, Sally Denton. She's a really famous journalist, and she wrote about that. And in that book, she even says that they were training, and I quote, "devil worshippers." Oh my! Uh, which, which you wonder if it's like people think it maybe it was Santeria or something, and they were perceiving right. it as devil worship, right. you know? But but definitely, she remarks about that fact, you know. And so, all of that is still coinciding historically, right in the same time period. That, that this stuff seems to kick off um, and then it's it's just sort of cascaded forward and and, and infected the town you know infected yeah that's uh, an, an interesting word I mean aside from all that aside aside from that how was the play Mrs. Lincoln uh, but uh, is this is is it a good place to live it's a wonderful place to live I mean I would have never probably you know, I, I came from a small town. I lived in Lexington, north of here, for you know, twelve years. Went to college. I went to college at Transylvania University. Of, <laughs> of course, of course, you did. <laughs> you know, you know, most people don't know that Kentucky was originally called Transylvania. That that was the territory. Seriously? Yeah, it was called Transylvania. The Transylvania Purchase. Um, it was just means through the woods. The Transylvania uh, Land Company owned it, and then they ended up selling it. Um, but so Transylvania University is named after that. Uh, but I always think that's a funny little uh, thing. And, and the Kentucky meat shower uh, that occurred. Yes, uh, I've, I've talked here. to Steve Asher about that. Do yeah, you, do I mean, you know Steve? I do not know Steve. Oh, yeah, he, he writes all about haunted uh, western Kentucky, and he's a folklorist too. You really need to, uh, to hook up with Steve, former uh, prison guard. And um, uh, wait, wait, is Steve Stockton? Is that who you're talking Steve about? Steve Asher. Oh no! Okay, okay. There's a Steve Stockton that researches down here too. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'll have to hook up with him though. That's 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 interesting. Well, see, Transylvania University had the only uh, remaining sample of the Kentucky Meat Shower, mm, wow. uh, which was which was fun. But see, here in here in Pulaski County, when I began to interview people, tons of people had and Dan Dutton had stories of uh, meat falls, frog falls, all kinds of weird things. You know, over the, the decades that fell here in Somerset, which is just utterly strange. You know? <laughs> oh my word! And the hits just keep on coming. Well, it sounds like there's going to be a season three, four, five, six, and seven. Uh, so, congratulations on the Penny Royal podcast. How do we listen? How do we subscribe, Nathan? Um, you can check us out at pennyroyalpodcast.com. Um, also, we're on every platform, you know, Apple uh, Podcast, Spotify. I love how the podcast looks on Spotify because they changed the background. It looks real nice. But um, And also, if anybody's interested in uh, sort of looking at the research that we're doing, uh, we've got a Patreon uh, called The Liminal Lodge, and there we share everything. Every week that we find new stuff, and we have a live stream every week. Um, so if anybody wants to join the, 
the research and kind of get into the journey with us, they can uh, they can find us there. So fantastic, Nathan! Great making your acquaintance. Uh, absolutely brilliant uh, storytelling. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Richard. Thanks for having me on. Dan. My pleasure. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back in a few minutes to tell you a little bit about an upcoming episode. C60 Evo delivers the miracle molecule, ESS60. It's pure carbon 60. Why not love your body and share C60 Evo with those you love? ESS60 from C60 Evo is a mega antioxidant for increased strength, endurance, flexibility, and a deeper sleep. It's great for pets too. I take a tablespoon every day and so does the mighty Aphrodite. We're both sleeping better than we have in years. And during the day, we have such tremendous energy and vitality. We're both pain-free. In a landmark peer-reviewed animal study in Paris, France, rats fed ESS60 lived twice their normal lifespan. Go to c60evo.com slash Richard hyphen or click on the C60Evo link in the episode notes. Use the code EVRS at checkout and save 10%. ESS60 from C60Evo. Order your miracle in a bottle today. Coming up next time, the return of pop culture historian and comic book style illustrator Arlen Schumer for part three in our series on the Sean Connery James Bond canon. This time around, we'll go behind the scenes of Goldfinger. The crucial trivia about Goldfinger, and they did this in the other films as well with Ursula Andress. They didn't feel like his English was good enough to use in the film. They originally thought they were going to use his voice, but I think once they saw the rushes from the first scenes with him and the way he spoke English, they thought the movie was going to collapse. And I think they desperately found this other actor that could do his voice, but it wasn't planned out in ahead. Like it had happened as an onset decision by Saltzman and Broccoli, like, oh my God, this is going to be a disaster if we use his voice. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.